Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening and welcome everyone to uh, the Rangers podcast, The Gallant Few. We'll be uh, covering uh, quite a few issues tonight, but before we uh, get on to that, I'd like you to, uh, when you go on to whatever platform you're viewing us on, whether that be Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, Apple, whatever, just give us a like, a subscribe, say nice things because uh, we're nice people. So, <laughs> well, some of us are. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, before on to it, first of all, you know, get straight getting straight into it. Uh, the start of living yesterday, and I'm going to read it out to you just so that we all know who who was who. We started with McGregor, Tavernier, Big Connor, and Ben Davis, and Borna in defence. We had Kamara and Jack as our holding midfielders. We've gone with uh, Cantwell, Tillman, and Kent. And Alfie up front, so it's a four-two-three-one formation. But uh, I was a starting eleven, so just getting around the houses. David Tomlinson, our foreign correspondent. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, I, I said last week I'd be shocked if he played Cantwell. Well, I was shocked <laughs> because he played him. Wasn't expecting it. Didn't think he would. Uh, I thought he would uh, give him a couple of weeks to to settle in. He didn't, and. I'm glad he didn't. Felt a wee bit sorry that Sakala get put uh, shoved in the sidelines, but that's the way football is. And uh, no, I think uh, Cantwell done enough to 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 give us plus marks on him. Certainly. Yeah. So heading way down south, Mason, the starting eleven. Welcome, first of all. But uh, what were your thoughts? Not were you surprised to see Cantwell? 
Yeah, no, thanks for having us, uh, David, and, and everyone uh, listening and commenting, as always. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I did want to see him. He was someone that I kept going on about uh, on the pod on Thursday, saying I think he's got to put him in because we need a little bit more creativity in there. I agree with David about um, Sakala coming out because I think he's been one of our better players recently. But um, that was the only surprise. I think that was the team. Maybe Lundstrom in there instead of uh, Jack or Kamara. But, you know, he, he has changed, Bill has changed it recently, playing you know, between the three. But, um, you know, pleased to see Campbell in. And I thought he had a, a decent debut considering he's only had, what, two or three sessions. So, uh, you know, that, that was a positive for, from yesterday and something, you know, he can definitely build on. Yep. Colin, so yourself, same question. And welcome, obviously, as a worthy leader. Uh, the starting 11, is, was there anyone surprised? I mean, the goalkeeping position, he went again with McGregor. So, but other than that, was was there anything that struck you as out of place. Thanks for having me on, Davey. Evening, gentlemen. Evening, listeners. Um, I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised at Campbell. Um, it's been a bugbear of mine for a long time. Um, the notice under the, the recent managers ever since I've um, ever since I've started following Rangers. This whole um, this whole idea that you you sign up a fair professional athlete and they take six weeks to get up to speed. Uh, I, I totally understand Matt's sharpness, but a home game against St. Johnson, that should be the game that a Premier League player can come and get minutes. So I'm glad that Michael Beale, I, I don't want to say took the gamble because it shouldn't be a gamble putting somebody mm-hmm. Campbell's quality into that starting lineup. So pleasantly surprised they've done that. Um, I agree with David and Mason. It was a bit unfair, maybe a wee bit harsh on Sakala, but having said that, I do actually fancy Sakala to start on Wednesday instead of Cantwell. Yeah. I don't know if... Um, I, I think that's maybe maybe in his thinking. So, while St Johnston is a game, he give Cantwell minutes away to Tincastle. Maybe, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think uh, Michael Beale actually referred to that in his, his post-match comments that maybe Sakala was uh, lined up for Wednesday more than, you know, as Mason says, you know, a home home game against St. Johnson. So, but anyway, listen, just before we continue, could you, any comments on, on you know, our starting 11, any comments in any other subjects related to Rangers, please, uh, please post them and uh, we'll get to as many as we possibly can. So, the first 45, David, come back to yourself. I, I thought we start, started the game quite well. We looked quite bright and, you know, we were moving it about in triangles. But to be honest, we didn't seem to be playing at a pace that I would be comfortable with. You know, we were, St. Johnson were, I think, expecting a barrage, which never quite came. You know, I thought we were on top and in control, but uh, not to the extent that I would perhaps have uh, thought we should have. What did? What was your own take? Well, I'm the, obviously the odd one out in this because yeah, I couldn't believe what, what, when when I looked on the the WhatsApp uh, group that there was such negativity. I thought we were played really good in the first half. I, what, the, what I'm seeing is that uh, we're we're closing down players now. But the the hunting in packs, I think, is the word they call it. And uh, St. Johnson hardly got a, a touch of the ball an hour half in the first half. You get the one chance at the at the end up the very last minute of the first half, I think it was. And yeah. but I, didn't, I, I thought I thought uh, Cantwell played good. I thought Kent and uh, Tillman were virtually unplayable. Uh, 
if Morelos scores, takes the three chances that we got, Kent, the keeper made a great save with Kent. If we take the chances, we're 4-0 up at half-time. Everybody thinks we're the best team in Europe again. And that's just the way it goes. Morelos missed, unfortunately. If we know all the Alfie, if he gets too long to think about things, he misses it. Um, that's just part of him. You, you've got to accept Alfie for that. But for me, he's, 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 he's the uh, link-up play was absolutely brilliant. And the goal for Kamara in the second half, well, we'll come on to the second half, but it's just for me, yeah, I just I, I can't believe the negativity in the first half. I really, I really thought we played well. And as I say, great keeper, by the way. I think we will, we will give the St. Johnson keeper a mention. I had uh, said last week, I wonder if it was a one-game wonder or he can do it more often. Well, that's two games in over. He's absolutely brilliant against us. So, that's as I say, if we had a put in the the goals, the chances took the chances. They've all been screaming, "Oh, what a team! What a performance!" But now there seems to be negativity, and I don't know where it's come from. Right. <clears throat> okay, Mason. We've taken the lead in thirteen minutes from a a handball. I mean, probably as clear cut a penalty as uh, as you would see. I mean, I don't think there'd be much dispute over that one. Although the usual suspects will dispute it. But, I mean, it's it's one of those occasions where the whole of the Broomland collectively scream handball, you know. So there was a... It, I mean, I, I personally didn't claim that I didn't see it because I'm, I'm possibly a wee bit further away, but they clearly had the perfect view. And on as one, they, they screamed handball and Willie Collum, God bless him, you know, duly obliged. So, I mean, after taking the lead in 13 minutes, we should have been in easy street with... Did we make things more difficult for ourselves than it ought to have been? Maybe, as David says, just by, by turning up a few chances. Yeah, look, I agree with David saying in terms of missing the chances, but this is happening far too much this season. And to be honest, St Johnston going into half-time should have been one all because Dre Wright misses an absolute sit-up from, from one ball. Just We've just been killed and they're down to 10 men at that point. Um but yeah, we, we started well. I agree with you, David. We started really well, um, and then it was a case of getting one and then going to get two and three. But Morelos is finishing. You know, even even at times there was he could have put Camp slip Campo in in the first half, and he, he tries something different and just really frustrated. I was really frustrated with Morelos in the first half. I think it's, it's, it's the chances and that he, he he misses up. I agree in terms of some of his, his his hold up play can be you know does get us up the pitch and he uses his body well and and, and you know that's the old Morelos we see, but. That little bit of quality in that final third is really lacking from from Morelos in front of goal, you know, and, and that's without stating the obvious. We should have been four new up at half time. I think the frustration is we're not ruthless enough, and and we did you know, we passed up a lot of chances, but we've got to stop doing that because that's going to end up biting us in, in in the backside. And I felt really flat at half time. It was only one nil, and they went down to ten men. I was frustrated, and I'm I'm not I won't go into it too much with with Ryan Jack's tackle as well. That 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 was frustrating because. Could have could have quite easily levelled that up, and then we're both to ten. But you know, we, we, at the minute, the, the results are there, and, and that's that's brilliant. You know, if you'd have said to me we'd have won nine games and drew, um, even though you, you know you want the perfect ten, um, you know, I'd have bit your hand off. But the, the performances for me are not where mm. I want them to be. But you know, Bill's not going to work miracles that quickly because we was in a real bad place under Van Bronckhorst. But um, but yeah, in terms of you know after the goal. Uh, no, I, I want more. I want us to be two, three, and after that, and kill it off because that's what the top teams do. Yeah, but that's all. Can I come in there? Yeah, look, of look, look, 
look what we, where we were. It's only about two months ago that they were running about, like they were smoking 40 cigarettes a day. It's a completely different team now. It's, they're wanting to get in the ball. They're wanting... Four weeks or eight weeks ago, they were, they were trying to hide. Oh, I don't, don't give the ball to me. And now they're running about. They're trying to play for each other. Completely different speed than it was eight weeks ago or whatever it was. And I, I just I just can't understand. We've, we've made such a jump and we're not perfect. That, that's everybody can see that. Even Bill says that. We're not where I want to be. But it's so a difference from what we were under uh, the old manager that, uh, that yeah, I just, I just think we can all be positive about it. I can't, I can't see any negativity in it. Go on. I mean, uh... We, we've gone through that first half. I mean, we, we was well just getting straight on to uh, a couple of the, the major instances of the first half, two in particular, as you, as you probably realise. But, but before I say that, Michael Beale's comment at the end of the game was that in the, on the performance overall, there were a few red flags. I mean, did we do enough in the first half, you know, to in terms of dominating St. Johnson, taking the chances that we created, really imposing ourselves a bit more on St. Johnson? But, you know... On that as well, could you maybe just give us your thoughts on that and, you know, the, the sending off of, of Nicky Clark? Because uh, it was uh, something that no one beside me appealed for it. Uh, and we were as, surprised, as pleasantly surprised, as I guess, to see uh, Wally Collum brandish the red card for that challenge. What was, what was your view on that? Did you get a good look at it? First of all, um, David T was mentioning about like the, the change in the last five months, and I just want to call out the complete one eighty. This pod's done. Usually, Mason was one of the the shimmering lights looking for positivity to try and drag David T up, and it's a complete one eighty there. So it's good to see that all of his supporters are are developing and challenging each other. Um, but the on the first half, I think it's not set too much in the fence. Um, we are we are a demanding crowd. We have always have been and always will be. And you know, I know about Snapchat, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk about being mediocre. Um and it, it's one of the ones that's and unless we are absolutely challenging for the treble every year, we're never gonna be happy. I, I think that's okay. Um but at the same time, I think we do need to remember when we're not playing 10 out of 10 every week, it doesn't mean it's all doom and gloom and it's a downward spiral. The performances haven't been great for start to finish under Michael Beale. I think actually Celtic was our best performance, but the results are there and that is the main thing. And that's what I, I put yesterday. I think what we need to focus on is, right, OK, what what improvements do we expect to see on the pitch? Because we know this squad needs a massive rebuild. And I think if we get performances like that yesterday, um, and we're going to get three points, I'll take that for now at the end of the season. Actually watching it back today, we weren't as bad as what we thought, I think. Going to what Mason was saying, when we have that extra man, he expect us to go and wait before with St Johnston because we didn't do that. That adds emotion into it. But actually looking at it, we... Other than that chance they had in the first half, we, um, I don't think we were ever in any danger. On the red card, um, I'm sure you come with both of them. Um, for me, I think both instances um, that we're talking about Nicky Clark and Ryan Jack, they both should have been a red card. Um, I think Collins wrote one right and one wrong. Um, but the one I got right, I'm surprised they didn't go 
over and checking the monitor. Um, that's probably going to be the the first thing that we read out in the, the news show in the morning because that'll be all over the the back pages of the Daily Record that you know columns are amazing. Um, but with Nicky Clark, I think when you look at it, he's <laughs> both legs are lunging, um, albeit his right leg. Doesn't quite make the same um, impact as his left leg, but it, it's a lunge, um, and it could have been, it could have been a season ender. Um, I think it's the right that one in particular, definitely the right call. And the second yeah, one, you know, Ryan Jack, are you, I think possibly we'll, we'll all be in agreement here that 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 was perhaps a, that was also a red card, but perhaps even more of a red card than Nicky. I, I thought that was I, I thought that was the worst tackle to turn him. Um, we always try and be honest on here. Um, we trying to take a blue tinted specs off where we can. That I, I was shocked when Ryan Jack stayed in the pitch, and I, I think uh, Ryan Jack was as well because you see him the the. It was over in the, the corner in front of the way fans. By the time the ref made the decision, he was standing next to Michael Beale. He was he, he was gearing himself up for a sharp exit. He walked right over the pitch, expecting to be sent off. Yeah, yeah, because we commented that you know because we he's walking towards us as I'm in the club deck and thinking he's already uh, knows what's coming here because it's very, quite rarely. You know, will the, will the ref sent to the monitor? Will he, will he go with his original decision or, or not go with, you know, what she's clearly been told to have another look at this, generally giving him a steer to what the outcome's going to be? But he didn't, eh? Kind of, God bless Wally Collum, eh? Just never thought I'd see the day. So, I mean, we got to, eventually we got to half time. It's, it's 1 0. We're, we're now playing against 10 men and, you know, into the second half. So, I, I really thought we would have steamrolled them. We got away with one, as David said, you know, got away with one right at the end, you know, when they they probably should have and, and they could have and should have scored to make it one each right at the, the end of the first half. So, but you're thinking, Ryan Jack was not and was never going to reappear. You know, we'd already called that you know, when saying that he's going to be replaced because Willie Collin will not, there will not be another opportunity that he'll miss. So we brought on John Lundstrom and you know, when we hummed and hawed and, and against 10 men St Johnston, I'm thinking, you know, we'll absolutely blitz them, but it, it didn't, it was it was always controlled. So David, coming back to yourself, the second half, the start of the second half, I was thinking, I think we'll really, we'll hit this mob like a tornado. But we, uh, it pretty much kind of rolled on the way the first half had. And we were creating some chances, but I thought uh, St Johnston were kind of keeping us at arm's length uh, quite comfortably, which and I think there was a wee bit, you know, frustration creeping into the crowd. How how are you feeling, you know, during the second half? Well, first of all, you'll you'll be happy to know I totally disagree with you with the red card. I don't think it was ever a red card. I don't think it was anywhere near a red card. Uh, Ed, I mean, it was a mistimed tackle. Yes, his foot was on the ground. It was nowhere. I think if it was about four inches higher. He would have walked, but I'd, I'd, his foot was on the ground. He was over the ground. I don't, I don't see where you get a red card from. I don't think it was near a red card. But that's uh, that's just I suppose uh, referees have got different opinions and things as well. And obviously, I mean, Colm looked at it. He, he didn't think it at first, and then he, he over and he looked at it on the monitor and still didn't think it was a red card. And I don't, I, I don't see that as a red card. I, I, I just don't think so. Um, to go back to your. To, to your question in the second half, actually nothing changed for St Johnston. 
they were they defended with ten men, and then now the second half they still defended with ten men. So actually, nothing changed. Who are still running up against the same brick wall that we had in the first half. The th great thing that for for me that that uh, was in the goal that we had so quick play. Interpassing, um, I think it was uh, Cantwell that started it, put it through to Morelos, and Morelos flicked it through to Kamara. And Kamara absolutely beautifully uh, put the ball into the net. And Kamara's probably got what Morelos needs to have, and uh, maybe we could mix them together. And I, I thought overall Kamara had a brilliant game, to be the way, by the way. I thought he was uh, probably man of the match. I know Tavernier got it. I don't know why Tavernier got it, to, to be honest with you, although he scored a brilliant penalty, as he always does, or mostly does. But um, No, I, I, I don't think things changed for in, in the game, really. I think we were, we're running up against a brick wall, and the, it was the exact same with 10 men. You've still got that brick wall in front of you. The only thing was that they didn't have a sort of a get-out to get the ball up front, which meant we were just pressurising them all the time. And as I say, hunting in packs to get the ball back, and uh, that's uh, that that's the way I see it. That the yeah, Lundstrom come on and he played his his, his normal yeah, come on and, and actually played a centre half and and allowed. I'll I'll say it positively this time. It allowed the the wing backs to get further up the park, and that was that was probably a good move as well because it just it, it meant that. St. John's couldn't get out of their own half, really. Mm, well, on that, I mean, my own take on all of this, Mason, coming to yourself, I thought that we had we had still had a bit of a fight with St. Johnson for the control of the midfield. And I don't think we dominated them because they were they, they had nothing up front. So there was no out ball for, for them retaining possession and winning possession from us in midfield. And, and it, it then ended up back at you know, either Connor Goldson or Ben Davis or, or one of the fullbacks to then bring it forward again. But I think, you know, in terms of the, the midfield, I don't think we dominated them at all and at any time during the second half. We, we won our fair share, but I would have thought that Rangers against St. Johnson, when they're down to 10 men, I was expecting us to uh, be a bit more dominant in the, in the second half. Well, if you thought I was un quite unhappy with the first half, I was absolutely fuming with the second half, I'll say that. Right now, um, I think that the change with, with John Lundstrom coming into the midfield uh, slowed us down quite a lot, e even more. I think St Johnston had far too much of the ball second half, and that that was a big problem for us and a team that's got ten men. And, and David, you're absolutely right in terms of the passes between you know Goldson to Davis to Tavernier back to Goldson back to Davis. It's going back to the the Van Broncos there, isn't it? With a you know, was going side to side, and it was really really slow. That was the big thing for Lundstrom coming on. It, we we you know. David, David T said there with a goal, and that was the, the, the bit, of, probably the most quality we showed in that second half. You know, Cantwell fizzed it into Morelos. It's a great touch from Morelos. You know, that that was that is what you know we want more of that from him because he's got that good third uh, man run from Kamara and a really good finish for someone that doesn't score enough goals. When Glenn Kamara gets in them positions, he's really calm and it's a really good finish. But the frustration is there at two. Then you're going right. Let's go and get three and four now, and and and, and you know. You know, make a statement. That's I think that you know, go and score a few goals because that's not something we've done for for a long time. But yes, yeah, St. Johnson had too much of the ball, and even in the last ten minutes, the game's done. And, and as Colin said, we there was never any any danger of coming back into it. But all it takes is you know a silly free kick or something like that, 
and, and you know, and we're under it's two one. There's only one goal in it. I think again, that's the frustration for me in that whole game yesterday is just not enough goals and not enough quality in front of goal. Hopefully, in time it comes. You know, that's that's what we're all hoping. You know, Bill gets more time, as David T said earlier. Yeah, we ain't going to rip up trees, but you know, we've got standards. We've got standards, and I know we haven't met them standards enough, but we've got to keep them standards. And even a two 0 win against St Johnston, you know, team that had ten men for you know an hour. You know, we, I, I want more. And, and I think a lot of the support do as well. Colin, I mean, I was having a wee rant at the game. You know, I was frothing at the mouth on a couple of occasions when we're, we've got the ball, you know, Connor Goldson or Ben Davis and, and John Lundstrom will retreat from the halfway line to 10, 15 yards inside your half to take the ball from our central defenders. And I'm thinking, why on earth are we giving to one of our midfielders within our own half? when, you know, between the three of them, they probably have one St. Johnson player to contend with. I would have thought that the, our midfielders would have all have moved up the park 15, 20, even 25 yards for us to play the ball far more often in there. Because by the time we got up to, you know, the, approaching their defence, they'd obviously, you know, hit the back five, you know, with a, a three in front of them, you know, were coming against a wall. But we weren't using our assets as wisely as we could. In, in, in the second half, in, in my opinion. So, I mean, what was your take in the second half? John Lundstrom is making me look like the absolute fool. Um, I, I, I don't think he had a terrible game yesterday, but uh, there, there's a lot of comments in, um, in, in the comment section. And I think we've called out tonight as well. He just really has slowed the, slowed the game down when he's coming on. Um there is a place for John Lundstrom to, to do that. Yesterday wasn't that. We needed urgency. And probably what's most frustrating for me is we've seen that Golson and Davies can play out for the back. They can actually play quite, out quite well for the back. And we're starting to see a settled back four. And on their day, they're all good with the ball at their feet. There's no need to go and take the ball off them for a five-yard pass and turn around and do what Connor Golson can do. Um that's where we needed the midfielders to be. And it's not just a case of leave the back four to play long balls um, into the, the midfielders and attackers against a, a nine-man wall. Um, we do need a bit of movement, but with the extra man and with our, with, with our defenders able to play it for the back, that's where we've seen the likes of Kamara making the, the onward run. And we should have seen John Lonsome step out a bit, deep, uh, a bit further forward. Yes, we still need somebody a bit deep to try and protect him um, and just recycle the ball. But it was far too deep. And it's a pity Jack went off because it would have been really good to see Ryan Jack holding the midfield with Glenn Kamara maybe going a wee bit further forward. And Mason said it was a really neat and tidy finish with Kamara. What's really frustrating mm-hmm. for me is we see him getting in these positions for Finland. We see him um, every now and then just take a mad notion and go a bit further forward and he'll do something brilliant and then once in a blue moon that he does it but he just doesn't do it often enough so I can see why we brought Lundstrom on just to try and replace Jack and encourage the wing back the uh, full backs to get forward encourage our attacking players to get a bit of freedom but it, it's just John Lundstrom's been shit out of form um, and uh, I think that, that kind of helped slow the, the game down and Mason's right if um, I'm saying we never looked in any danger, but it just takes a slip for a centre half, a misplaced pass, and if I'm being honest, <laughs> Rangers have 
done that far too many times this season for me to turn around and say we were never in any danger. So maybe I'm being a bit naive. Yeah. <clears throat> David, coming back to yourself, we 63 minutes arrive and uh, that's uh, Todd Cantwell's you know, efforts for the day all over. What was your overall assessment of Todd Cantwell? Can't, can't well. What, how do you think he did in his first uh, 63 minutes as a Rangers player? Yeah, I, I thought he come on. He'd done well, better than I thought he would do. Um, I didn't think he was uh, he, he would be fit enough to play even. So obviously he looks after himself and and he's he's kept his basic fitness. Not he's not match fit, but I think he, he did all the things I think we want him to see. He, he chased the ball. He he, he, he uh, closed people down. When he got in the ball, he tried to look forward and not back, not back. He only passed it back if, if there was nothing else on. No, I thought that was really positive about him. It's, it's actually funny when, when we're talking about uh, Lundstrom now. Everybody sounds like me all of a sudden. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to get you all to think this way for, for, for six months now and uh, nobody listened to me. But all of a sudden, everybody's thinking like me now. But... Um, no, it's, uh, I, I, I think he had a really good debut. I think he can be pleased with himself. And uh, no, I hope he, I, for for me, he can only get better, really. And I think I think he's a sort of a player that we we need. I think Ken and um, um, uh, Tillman will be will be better as well for him playing because he's a sort of a, the same length uh, as them, the same sort of a type of football was them. So I think I think he'll bring the best. Tillman was absolutely brilliant yesterday as well. I thought I thought uh, Tillman was nearly uh, all the good moves, the, the the ball through to Ken, the ball through to Morelos. Uh, he he was involved in virtually everything positive yesterday. I really thought he was good as well. Yeah um, Mason Todd Cantwell, I just want your assessment on his first hour as a Rangers man. Because I thought he was he was very good you know, at, at playing sh- the short passes and then immediately making himself available for a return ball, you know, working the triangles between himself and uh, Borna, you know, I thought he was very, very good at that. I mean, if w- when this boy gets up to speed, f- just from the what I saw yesterday, I'm, uh, I'm you know, very hopeful that this boy's going to make a serious contribution for our cause. <clears throat> I think he will, definitely, David. I think you've got to remember he's coming from a team um, that that was when was in the Premier League, you know, it didn't have a lot of the ball and weren't dominating, um, you know, 75, 80, 80% possession. I think that will suit Todd Campbell. I think you can see that he's comfortable with the ball. He's a player that, that's got a pass, you know, he can split a defence open, which for me, we haven't really got one of those types of players that, you know, Tillman, Tillman a couple of times done it yesterday, as David, as David T said. But yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, not you know, go too over the top on him because he hasn't played for a long time. Uh, I think November, starting November was the last time we actually started a game. So you take that into consideration and, you know, he's only had three days training with, with the players. There's there's certain things, you know, when you train with players and you play games, you get used to, you know, Ryan Kent and Tillman and Morelos, them little triangles. And, and you know, I think there's one where he went to put uh, Morelos in behind and Morelos just weren't, Morelos was going the other way. But you'd like to think over time, you know, you'll see, you'll see him development. But I think it's a really good signing for, for us and, 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 and I hope he can be, you know, a real difference in, in that final third. And as I was saying earlier, the lack of goals. And, you know, if you look at our goal difference this season, it's, it is really disappointing. But I'm hoping people like Campbell, you know, feeding, um, you know, Morelos, Cholak, Kent, 
um, Roof when he's fit, um, you know, we can make a big difference in that. But um, yeah, good signing for Cantwell, but I hope he's not the only one this window. Yeah. Call I'm coming to yourself and Todd can't really because I'm I'm intrigued to see he, what you, you think of this boy because uh, I mean just before he departed, you know, he's played the ball through to Morelos, who plays the lovely flick through to Sakala. But he played two or three passes like that in the first half, which uh, clearly didn't come off quite as well. But I, I really have uh, high hopes for this guy. Yeah, and uh, I've been sharing a couple of comments on Campbell. Um, I think it's interesting to see the difference in opinion. Some people are saying they'd maybe give him a, an 8 or 9 out of 10, uh, given it's his first game. Others are saying he'd done OK. Bit of class, but it's... Um, well, he still needs time. Um, I think it was Chick Sharp saying that he's, he might be another Josh Windass, he might not have the ball. Um, I was really impressed with him. Going back to that, I, I wasn't expecting to see him at all yesterday. Um, and for his first game since November, for his first game um, at Rangers, and it's... Um, I, I don't want to say a difficult game, it's a, it's a strange game to get used to in Scotland when, you know... You, Nine out of ten times, you're the only team to play football. Um, I I think you can see the imagination that he has. That is some completely different. I think Malik Tillman is starting to show that um, as the season goes on. But just that creativity, the imagination, he sees passes that other people don't see. Um, and what I love in any any footballer, um, particularly if it's maybe one of your more forward-thinking footballers, it just He's demanding the ball all the time. He's always screaming for the ball. And that's really important. It's not just shouting for the sake of appearing to shout. He is comfortable to take the ball um, where he's got two or three players off him. And uh, I said that about Stephen Davis when he first signed again. And you've seen that. Just I don't know if it's just playing at a higher level, playing at the Premier League. When Stephen Davis first signed back for um, under Stephen Gerrard, You've seen, even if he was further deep, Stephen Davis should have could have had two or three players around him in the midfield and he will always take the ball off his teammate when under pressure and play the kick pa- quick pass out. Todd Cantwell, he was screaming for it all the time yesterday and that's what we want to see. We, there's, going back to that, John Lundstrom um, slowing, the, slowing the ball down. I don't want to just pick on Lundstrom, but we're far too pedestrian in general, middle to front. Um, we, we don't have any we don't don't have any urgency at times. Players like Cantwell coming in, taking the ball out and recycling it out wide into space. I think he's very different for Ryan Kent. Um, I think they're both going to have a lot of freedom, but Ryan Kent's um I I think they're both going to offer something different. Um and we'll we'll now see a bit of variation in the attack. I've got high hopes. I mean one thing that's that struck me about Cantwell yesterday just watching his movement. But see, when he moves, when he passes the ball, he's he's immediately on the move, looking for you know a return either from the player he passed it to, or the player that they're going to pass it to. I thought Leipzig last year were the absolute best at this. When the the first pass, you know they're looking, they're pl- almost playing a wall pass with off another player who then places them, and and they're anticipating where the ball's going. I've not oh, can't well immediately passes. He's on the move and he's off, and I thought. I think this boy's going to do a bundle. He's, uh, and I just hope we don't knock that out of him and he doesn't, you know, kind of conform to type where Rangers midfielders pass the ball and then stroll about. But I'll get, 
we'll get on to that. Listen, to David, coming back to yourself, we had a wee raft of substitutions, 72 minutes. So Tillman leaves, Kent leaves, and Alfie leaving. We've got Hadji, Wright, and, and Cholak and 70, from 72 minutes onwards. Do you think things get better or worse for those substitutions? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. No, I don't think the players are, are, are totally fit that, that, that come on. I, I, I think Hadji's still a long way from having match fitness. Uh, I, I think it was a big gamble actually from Bill to bring them all on at the same time because uh, none of them have played for for a while and they're all right. Wright's actually been been quite good when he's come on the last few games. I think he seems to be improving as well. Maybe he's improving under Bill. Maybe that's part of the 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 things that Bill's doing. Um, not with that. I, I mean, the last twenty minutes we didn't really, we didn't really. Just sort of a, had you tried and he, he did well and he, he done a lot of running about, but I, I don't think we yeah we were worse or, or bad. No, I think I think the best best time was was in the first half and and up to the goal. I think uh, that was. I mean, I mean you can't really deny it because the, the the five chances or so we had in the first half, although people were saying it was we were rubbish, but um, we had five chances. If we take the chances. We're four or five out nil up at half time, and the the game's finished. We don't take the chances, and no, I think the last twenty minutes wasn't up to the same classes. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't think you can expect. I think Hadji tried his best, um, and but you can just see he's not he's not match fit. He's uh, but he's he's going to be over a month. He's he'll be he'll, when he's match fit. It's it's going to be a big help for our team again. And the good thing about um, We'll probably come on to the, the press conference from Bill, but Bill said that he, he's going nowhere shortly. So that's uh, we know that now. Mason, it was a uh, it was excellent to see you know Yanis Hadji back on the pitch. I think the one of the biggest roles of the first half was when he appeared to warm up on the touchline, and uh, probably one of the the second biggest cheer of the second half was when he actually came on the pitch. So you can see that the Rangers fans are clearly delighted to see Yanis Hadji back. So what what were your views on him? Because I think his first couple of touches were a bit well. He's only on the pitch, so he's he's going to get a, f- a few weeks grace, I think. But in terms of the, the the team overall, you know, from the three substitutions we made in seventy two minutes, I thought the thing the thing just kind of fizzled out. Yeah, no, I agree. On Hadji, it was really good to see him on the pitch because when you're looking at our bench, the last six, seven months, um, that sort of type, Hadji type, and uh, I know he's one that does split the support as well. I know there's some that are not 
you know, too keen and, and others think, you know, he, he's a great player. But what Hadji's got in him, he, he's both footed and he's, again, he's another one that I said about Campbell that can find a pass that can, you know, you know, get get a chance out of nothing. Hadji has got that in his locker. He, he hasn't got a turn of pace. And I think if he did, he wouldn't be playing for us, if I'm being brutally honest. But he, he, he can show a bit of quality. And um, yeah, it was good to see him back. I, I, I agree with David. I was surprised to see him, you know, in and, and playing because he come on quite early. I thought he might have got five, six minutes towards the end. But to come on, you know, with 20, 25 minutes left was... Uh, you know, I was a surprise, but it was good to see. And um, I hope that he gets more game time um, over the next few weeks and hopefully doesn't have any setbacks because players like him, Cantwell, Lawrence is another one that, that we really, you know, be good to get him in, in that squad as well. Just, you know, that bit of quality, as I say. But um, yeah, please for Hadji. Um, in terms of the other subs, yeah, um, Scott Wright, I think I've, you know, again, I don't want to be too negative, but um, I think Curry sums him up really well. It's it's a bit of quality once every 10 games for Scott Wright. And we've seen that bit of quality against Aberdeen in the the uh, extra time. And I don't think we'll see it again for, for another few few weeks. Uh, he likes Hamden. So maybe we bring him on with 10, 15 minutes to go against them. He might do something. But um, but yeah, this you know this is a problem with the squad at, at the minute. We've got, you know, players coming back from injury. And again, you know, we'll come onto it in a little while, but hopefully we've got a couple more bodies to to help that as well. And, and we don't have to bring on players like, like Scott Rack. Colin, on that, you know, from the subs that we made and uh, you, you mentioned, Mason's just mentioned Scott Wright in particular, and I just get the feeling that the walls are closing in on, on Scott Wright's future at Rangers, you know, it's uh, it, because I do, what he contributed, you know, in, in the, the, the 20-something minutes that he was on the pitch, don't get it, I don't get it, and I'm hopeful we're, we're going to come on to, you know, assessing, you know, any movements in the transfer market that that we'll we'll see hopefully in the next couple of days. So, and what was your take on on the tail end of the game? You know, once we'd made three substitutions, we've got fresh legs on there. And to be honest, I thought I thought St. Johnson dominated our midfield more at the end of the game because they seemed to be able to retain possession, and I thought we were were struggling to get the ball from them. Then uh, it just the, the substitutions. You know, it was. It was, we were in control before and we were probably in control the whole of the match but it, it just seemed very scrappy to what in the last and I think that's what soured you know kind of certainly my views of the whole game because when I was leaving I was thinking Jesus Christ this is this is painful this is slow to painful to watch so I mean what was your own take in the end of, at the end of the game I David T was talking about when we were hunting it back and we 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 did try and do that at the beginning of the second half as well. But when the subs came on, there was just less cohesion um, middle to front in the Rangers team, which I think it allowed St Johnston to be a bit more comfortable with the ball at the back and in the midfield as well. So again, that's when they did start to grow into the game. I think one of the listeners said that at the end of the first half, our possession stats were 80% we had the ball. And um, going towards the end of the second half, it was 63%. St Johnston, they they were able to spread the ball a bit, a a, a bit more without really putting us under any pressure. Um, and again, it's just when you make those subs, th- those amount of subs at the one time, it is always that gamble um, that you're going to allow the team to settle in a bit more while your players try and get used to um, get used to the game. On Scott Wright, I'm, I'm going to die on my sword defending that there's a player in there. Um, and I think the biggest one disagreeing with me, or the biggest, but 
the, the biggest argument um, I'm getting is from Scott Wright himself. He's just adamant not to find any consistency. We we said it time and time again on this pod that there is a player there, there is ability there. It's just he can't find the consistency, and that's why he's not going to be at Rangers long term. He'll go and have a great career at maybe a Hearts um, or Kilmarnock or something. But um, I don't want to single him out too much uh, because it. He wasn't any worse than any of the other subs that came on, but that's probably frustrating. We've seen what he'd done the last two games in Hamden as well. Um, he should be an impact player. Um, so I, I can see why there's a lot of, a lot of heat in the comments going his way. Um, just to touch on the other subs, but in particular, Sakala and Haji. Sakala, this is why he's going to start on Wednesday. Um, although it didn't quite come off him, but he was a bright spark. He was running the players. He, he was a bit of a nuisance. Um, and he was unlucky at that chance at the end. Um, he probably had the, the best performance at the subs. And Yanis Haji, he's brilliant to see him back. And it, it might be a wee bit too early for him, but I think we, we've won that gamble. It's got to do his confidence in the world are good. Um, even if that speeds up his full recovery by a week, we could be doing we a fully fit Yanis Hadji for the League Cup final, for the run in the Scottish Cup. Um, great to see him come on. And I was listening to Heart in Hand, um, the post-match pod uh, yesterday, and I think it was David Edgar that said, he took a couple of hard tackles and that might actually do his confidence the world are good as well. Think how fragile you must feel after coming back for like a 13, 14 month injury. Um, so that won't do him any harm. I'm just glad it was, um, uh, it, it was the two over, over the top, but I was, I was on my feet seeing him warming up and when he was coming on, I'm delighted to see Yanis Hadji back and with him and Campwell and Tillman, these are just different options. Kent coming back to form it is actually quite exciting to see how our, how our forward line could look between now and the end of the season. That's before you even add in Tom Lawrence potentially coming back. Well, to, to be honest, when Hadji came on and his first couple of touches, you know, maybe a, a, the rust was uh, was showing, but you saw from some of the, the touches kind of near the end, you know, the, the kind of quality that Hadji's going to bring to our team, you know, because he's uh, he's got football in spades. So, but that was ple- that was pleasing to see. It was also pleasing to see Michael Beale in the post-match press conference give him the vote of confidence when he was asked by some of the Romanian media about uh, links to Galatasaray, and uh, Michael Beale couldn't have been couldn't have crushed that that idea any more than he did when when he said that Yanis Hadji will be a, a Rangers player for years to come. So hopefully that that's put that to bed. But kind of rounding things up on yesterday's game at Ibrox, I want to touch on a couple of things, you know, well, a couple of players, to be honest, which would be uh, St. Johnson's goalkeeper, which was Matthews, who I thought had another fantastic game. And I was impressed with him last week. And he he did, uh, he only enhanced that yesterday. And also the, the midfielder, they had Daniel Phillips, number 34, who I thought was in the was the best mis- midfielder on the pitch yesterday. To be honest, he was, I mean, he puts himself about, he's no one's fool. But there was one instant, I don't know if you remember this, Colin, when the, it was down just in front of the dugouts, when there was three Rangers players trying to get the ball off him and and they, they couldn't manage it between them. And he eventually then play, comes out of it and, and, and plays the ball away. And I was thinking, well, that boy's... He's uh, he's got a, he's got a bit of football about him. So, David, first yourself. I don't I don't know if he caught your eye or anything. I know the goalkeeper did because you mentioned it at the start. 
But uh, there, the number 34 for St. Johnson, did you uh, think he was a player in there? Well, I mean, he played he played, played good. Whether whether it's a player for us, I don't know. I haven't seen him enough uh, to, to, to go and whether he, he does that every week or whether it's just a... I mean, you've got a lot of... I mean, look at Aberdeen. They, they bring their game up to... to, to just for Rangers alone, and they've sort of a lost the last what, four or five games, and since playing us, and and no, obviously sacked their manager yesterday. Didn't even get time to pack his bags as far as I heard he was out the door. But um, no, I, I don't know enough about him. I, I, I couldn't say he had a good game yesterday. It was him that put the the boy through at the end of the first half, yeah. and mm. they ran through in goal. And luckily, I think the boy actually kicked the grass instead of he put his foot wrong and kicked the grass instead of a, a running step. So we were lucky that way. But no, I, I can't really judge it. I think he had a good game yesterday and, uh, and he, put, he played well. But whether he's a, a player that we should be looking at, I don't know. I, I, I don't know him enough. I, and I don't watch the other team as, as, as much as I watch Rangers, uh, the way Rangers are playing. I, obviously, sometimes there are players... The goalkeeper, I mean, he obviously stood out because that's two games in a row now that he's absolutely... The only thing that I would say negative about him is that I don't think it comes from corners and we've sort of been stuck with... He's had great saves, but um, I would prefer a keeper that comes out and takes corners and I don't think he does that because I haven't seen him doing it yet. And one thing I wanted to go back to, to Cantwell as well, just to... I, I, we're talking about Hadji's speed. I don't think Cantwell's the quickest either. But I mean, not every not every good player needs a lot of speed. If, if the, if sometimes their brain acts quicker than their legs, and I, I, I don't think Cantwell's the the world's quickest either. Oh no, I think it's going to be a combination of abilities, isn't it? Because you know, fashion scala, I wouldn't want to race him anywhere. Because, but in terms of his uh, technical ability, so it's, it's it's going to be a mixture. But Mason, just a, a, on the the two St John's players, the goalkeeper I thought was uh, the save, particularly the one I was most impressed with was when the the fashion Sakala shot, which would took the deflection, and the goalkeeper saved it at the post. And because I'm in line with that, you know, as it, as it hit careers towards the post, as as the TV pictures would be as well. And he got down and saved that, and I thought that was an excellent save. I really did. So. Is it is it worth considering? Uh, I think David sums it up quite well. We'll have to watch him how he performs against everyone else because everyone does everyone does up their game against us. We know that, but he did make a couple of really good saves. Tavernier's free kick was a really good save as well in the first half. And uh, my favourite save was the the Kent one, Kentred score. You know, if I'm looking at it from our point, but it's a great save yeah, with his with his shoulder. But he had a really good game last Saturday as well. Pulled off some good saves, um, and I was impressed with the boy Phillips um, as well. The the 34. He, I think he's on loan from Watford. He comes through the Chelsea youth. Um, he's only 22, but he did have a good game yesterday. But I do always go back. Um, players do seem to have good games against us and then the following week look absolutely useless. So um, that is something to you know maybe look at. But in terms of the number 34 yesterday, he's only 22. So maybe he's one to, to keep an eye on. But, um, but yeah, we're going to need a goalkeeper in the summer. Whether that's the St. Johnston goalkeeper or not, I'm not too sure on that, David. Right, uh, he's on loan from Crystal Palace. You know, uh, Matthews. He's uh, Colin. What was your take? Did any of them? Uh, were you reaching for your checkbook for any of those two? No, um, we're not going to um, put the gallon few millions quite into the number thirty-four just yet. Um, at, he's, 
think he's looked a decent enough player um, against us and for the, the glimpses I've seen in the highlights throughout the season, he's looked okay, he's looked at one of the better St Johnston players. Thinking about the rebuilding job and what we need right now, he's, we, we need a higher calibre player. Maybe if we were a bit more settled and, and if we if we didn't have a, a midfield with the average age of 92, we can maybe bleed him in. Um, but we need, we need first 11 players to come in and I don't think he's that level. It's not to say that he doesn't go and, go and have a, a decent career elsewhere and maybe a few years' time that he, he's at that level. But by that point, he'll probably be out of a price range. I think... Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking, you know, in terms of, you know, the the, the defensive midfielders on show, I mean, between Lundstrom, uh, Jack and uh, Matthews, Daniel Matthews, uh, sorry, Daniel Phillips, was he was the, he was the standout midfielder for me because winning the ball and he was doing what I would have hoped Lundstrom would do bursting forward you know making passes left and right he, taking the ball 25 30 yards up the pitch before pinging it on and uh, I, I, he caught my eye and I know he did and 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 the guys round about me each of them commented you know that boy is uh, he's running he's ragdolling a couple of your players so that will kind of wrap up things for yesterday. I want now to come on to the transfer window and what's left of that. So I don't know whether you will have seen Michael Beale's comments yesterday after the match in terms of uh, what he's ho- hoping to happen. He's still saying that it's potentially you know a couple even more than that. And and he didn't deny, he never named the names, but he, he uh, kind of went along with the, the narrative that, you know, of, uh, that Rask and... and and Whitaker are on the table and negotiations are ongoing. So, David, coming to yourself, I mean, how important is it? Dave, first of all, Michael Beale made the point that anything that isn't concluded in this transfer window, you know, well, can I maybe roll on to the summer transfer window? So my question of you is this, how important is it for in this transfer window and for this team that we conclude a bit more business now to see us through the rest of the season and hopefully, you know, end end the season, you know, with a couple of trophies and a, and a, and a real good place, you know, come the the season next season after the summer. Well, we all know that the January transfer window is uh, the most difficult window to, to to buy players in. Mostly, players cost more because teams want to hold them to the, to the summer. So it's it's, uh, it's a, a difficult one. Bill says himself, we'll try and do business. But if it's not, then we, we just go with it, what we've got, and uh, we've got more work. The way he said it, we, either we do the hard work now or we leave it and we've got more work to do in the in the summer. But uh, that, And I think that's the way it's got to be. I, I, I definitely would love another midfielder brought in. And I think it's necessary. Um, he talked about a goalkeeper, which we all talked about, although he said that we won't be in January. And a number nine, he, he 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 talked about as well. So I don't know whether that's a a, a prelude on Morelos going out the door, or whether we're bringing in a, a, another number nine, whether Morelos stays or not. So that's that's a sort of a another conundrum that we're that we're left with. But um, no, I, I, it's obviously I like the the look of the. I haven't seen the 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 boy from Swansea. In, in real life, 
uh, playing. I've only seen the YouTube films, and he looks like he looks a really good player. I said says the other week uh, that he looks like uh, like Gap Bear, is it you call him from from that went from PSV to to Manchester United, Gap Gapo or whatever you call him. Yeah, and uh, he looks very very much like him. He, he even sort of runs like him. Is uh, the same kind of footballer. Is it? And I said if he's half the the player that he is, then uh, then we'll be on to a winner. I really thought he looked good and. And Beal said as well, says that we're actually talking to more players. It's not just the players. Everybody, everybody's only seeing a small part of, of what's what's actually going on behind the scenes. And no, maybe we, maybe we're going to get a big surprise uh, come Tuesday. Hopefully, uh, really, uh, hopefully. So, Mason, yourself. I mean, how important is it that we uh, we add to the squad this transfer window rather than rolling on to the summer? And, I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, the success that we should be aiming at for for this season. I think I think you know this season is really important. The cups are, are massive for Bill, but but going even further, I think it's it's really important because I think we do have a big rebuild in the summer, and it's something I've said for for months is we can't leave every sign into the summer because we're gonna. Have, it looks like we're gonna have Champions League qualifiers come fired at us very quickly, and we know how difficult they are. And if we've got you know Bill reeled off all the names that are coming out of his latest presser. And I think he named about seven or eight. And then you throw, obviously, Tillman in that, which hopefully, you know, we, we do keep him. But we, you're looking at replacing them players. And it's just, for, you know, we know how difficult them qualifiers are. We, I'd like us, I think it's vitally important that we get to at least two more in the next few couple of days, David. I think it's, it's going to be hard, you know, as I said, leaving it this late, anything can happen, which, which is a worry. I, I would have liked to I think they would have been, you know, these deals would be done and they would have been in the squad weeks ago but we know Ross Wilson and we know this board especially in January that don't work like that and, and January is a difficult month and, and the, the selling team has all the power and, and sometimes you you know if you want to play you are going to have to pay more but I think I think we, we really need players and I think the big one and I'm you know, stolen a bore the listeners is one that I keep going on about is the midfield and, and the reason we're talking about a St Johnston player running the midfield when they're down to 10 men screams how important our midfield you know getting a midfielder in that can that, that, that regenerate like gives more energy to, to that midfield because I think we've seen the same things over and over it's you know it's very limited um, and I think it needs someone in there with, with a bit more legs Bill spoke about it to be fair he said about being more dynamic um, more energy so he can see it as well um, but I think it's really important that we that we get at least two I would like a number nine I was surprised Bill Kind of put that one off and said, "Look, we'll do we'll do that in the summer." And he and he was actually the talk was you know the talk is that if we bring in anyone else and on top of the two blinked in Whitaker and Raskin, it's going to be a centre half, which was quite surprising to be honest because we I think mm. we're pretty covered there. And you know you think about Leon King and James Sands who we've still got on loan, and if we're bringing in another midfielder and another centre half, then James Sands has surely got to go back because what what's what's the point of bringing two in for him to just sit there and pick up a wage for six months? So. I, I, just just quickly as well, I'll just finish on this. Bill was very positive at the start of January and it, each presser he's kind of reeled it in a little bit slower and slower. And I think if we don't get one or two in, in the next couple of days, there is going to be a big, big um, reaction because I think that, that he's kind of, you know, alluded to, to things and, and, and now it's a little bit more backtrack. But um, leaving it all to the summer with, with the Champions League uh, qualifiers coming. Um, it's going. It's, it's dangerous. Uh, uh, you know, we need a couple in that. Yeah, Colin. I mean, 
Michael Beale's, uh, I think Mason's dead, right? I think Michael Beale's comment, uh, and he, when he emphasised, you know, that he is one with Ross Wilson, which would tell me that he's not at one with Ross Wilson. So it would be, uh, I think it's absolutely crucial for the development of our squad that we see at least another couple in this transfer window because of all, because of the, for the problems which Mason's just alluded to in terms of, you know, the, a massive turnover of, of players, you know, all in one transfer window with, uh, you know, the pre-season and then Champions League qualifiers and then getting off to a, a decent start in the league, then uh, I think we are sailing too close to the wind. I, my own view would be that we should be pushing the boat out, you know, and if it's going to be another million quid, which is going to secure, you know, another couple of faces, which clearly Michael Beale is, uh, has indicated that he requires. And, and I'm thinking here, Colin, so... Sorry to go on here just a wee bit. Is that you know from the ten games and the and the the results, you know, so we have won them all except for one draw, and I'm thinking you know that 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 is that's good. It's excellent, superb. You know who doesn't want to see Rangers win? But in terms of the level of performance that we've been seeing, I think fresh faces in this squad are absolutely crucial, even for the the remainder of this season. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Davey, and it's. We're talking about the cohesion between Michael Beale and Ross Wilson and being in the same same wavelength. I think we need to extend that to the board as well. Um, because I think Ross Wilson, he doesn't pay for the players, so that shouldn't be a shock to him. He should be there to identify them and to try and um I try and help Michael Beale pinpoint the players that could fill the, the gaps. Ultimately the board's write the checkbook. But, um I'm probably going to be go back to myself here. I think it was um, the Thursday morning and the morning update. I said that I can understand why the board aren't going to pay two million pound for a player that they can get for free in in the summer uh, because of the size of the rebuild. I'm glad to hear Michael Bill talk about the centre halves and the goalkeeper because we are just a centre half injury away from playing James Sands or Leon King. Mm-hmm. Alongside mm-hmm. Ben Davies or Connor Golson for the rest of the season. John Suter's not the long term answer. We know Hillander, isn't he? We do need a centre half. Um, we do need another striker. Um, even if Morelos doesn't go, we can't be lying. Came out of. Um, so there is a lot. There's a lot of positions needing filled. So I, I do understand that. But looking at the game yesterday, Midfield is the top of the priority. So while we can't overspend on every position, midfield we need to get somebody in now. Uh, I do think because it's it's not just about the rebuild for next season; it's about getting something for this season as well. We need. To, I don't think we can just down tools and say if we don't win the cups, that's okay. We need to aim to win the both to both domestic trophies this year. I would. I would like to think we can maybe spend the extra one or two million pound on ration, um, if that's what it is. I know it's reported, and maybe hold off to maybe Forrest Whitaker, uh, or sorry, Morgan Whitaker to the summer, or maybe a centre back to the summer. Um, I think midfield definitely is a an area we need to add energy, add dynamism. When we spoke at the, um, we recorded the transfer wish list show at Christmas. Um, a, a dynamic box to box number eight midfielder is what we all wanted, and we we do need to address that in in January. If we only got a number eight in and nothing else to the summer, I'd be relatively happy. 
Listen, time is marching on here, guys. But so I'm going to the one other thing I would want to uh, your views on is the outs. So uh, we're going to try and rattle around this. So David, is is get a couple of names? Who should be leaving? Who would you punt right now? In thirty right seconds. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, now out the door uh, would be Lundstrom uh, because I don't see what he, what he brings to the team. To be honest, um, the. Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think Sands. Uh, I think we should let him go if we can bring in somebody that, that that's better. Uh, yeah, right. I don't think he's got much of a future. Uh, and uh, really, everybody that's that's near the end of the the their, their, their uh, contract, I think, needs to be looked at. If they don't want to sign a new contract, but obviously we can't do this all all in January. But um, it's going to be over. January and uh, and the summer. I don't. I think we've got to look at it that way, and not look at just January and, and the summer. We think we've got to look at it. The, the, the two of them actually is one transfer window because that's it's a total rebuild, and we can't rebuild everything all at once in one go. So it's just financially not possible. I don't think, and uh, I, I don't think it would be great for the team just to have eleven different players all of a sudden right. from now to then. Mason, well, Ross Wilson's taking a car to the airport on Tuesday. Who's in it? Who's in the car? How long we got it? Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to get. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get anyone to sort of, you know, that, that we ain't going to replace. That, that's that's that'd be an important thing. But just quickly, uh, Halanda would be one if we could get a deal done and, and get him out because he's not going to contribute. Uh, James Sands, I'd send back straight away if we can get Matondo out on loan or anyone take on a permanent ideal. Um, Scott Wright. I'd let go, and but I would also, if we're bringing in a, again, if we're bringing in a centre half, I think a Leon King could benefit from a loan, and I think Alex Lowry with Cantwell coming in now, had you back, Lawrence coming back, I think I can't see um, him getting too much game time, so uh, he'd be one I, I'd want us to go out on loan. But without getting rid of anyone to sort of, I'd say Morelos as well if we could get a fee for Morelos, but I don't see us bringing in a number nine to replace him this month, so I think we're going to have to keep for now. Colin, who's in the car? I, don't, I mean, I, I'd probably, I'd probably have a, a list of twelve names for you if this was Football Manager and it was as easy. Just to say, I don't like that player. Get him to fuck. But we need to, <laughs> we like to pay players off or just get rid of them. Like we need, to, we need to stump up the fee. If we want to sell players, we need somebody to want to buy them. That's the issue. Um, so it's no. <sighs> I'd like to think we can maybe even get a loan deal for Scott Wright to maybe go and play um, at a, even a St Johnston or a Kilmarnock or something for the rest of the season, get him in the shop window because I don't think he's really had much value. Other than that, I'd probably, in, in terms of a sellable asset to free, free up funds and wages to maybe get some more bodies over the line, Glenn Kamara for me. Um, yeah, and if it asked me three weeks ago, it would have been Morelos, but I think given the striking situation with Roof, we need Morelos between now and the end of the season. So let's um, cash in and Kamara get Rashin in. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, if if, if cashing in and Kamara meant that we got a couple of other signings over the line, then I, I, I think I'd be inclined to take it. So we're going to leave it there to, in terms of the transfers, guys. So Hertz, Wednesday, obviously uh, going to uh, Tynecastle. The... David, coming to yourself first, I mean, what team do you expect to see? What is there going to be much difference from Saturdays? Who's uh, who's going to be playing? Do you think Fashion will be back in? 
What's the team for Wednesday night? Yeah, well, I think it might start with Fashion Sakawa instead of Cantwell. Um, I think I think that's probably the the, the biggest one. Uh, we don't see the the defence is now pretty stable. I don't see anything changing there. Um, Ryan Jacks, I doubt now that uh, that it was seemingly it wasn't his knee that he injured, but it was his chin that got injured in the in the clash with the with the, the St Johnson player. And he's got a, a, a big cut on his chin, but I've, but I've heard from Beal. So he's a doubt, but there's a good chance he will play, but he's he's still down as a doubt. So we need to see what happens there. Obviously, if Jack doesn't, then Lundstrom will come in. And I, I would imagine after the performance at the weekend that Kamara will keep his place, I, I would think. And I, I don't see the... I, well, Kent, Morelos and... Tillman, I don't see that changing. So I, I think it'll be virtually the same except Sakala. And if if uh, Jack's not fit, then it'll be one uh, strum that comes in. That's all the changes mm-hmm. I see. Mason, uh, the team for Wednesday, I think Beal mentioned that Kent uh, picked up a knock and yeah. is potentially, you know, a, a possible doubt for Wednesday. So... Right. Uh, I, I don't know how, whether that's going to be the case or not, but is there is there a chance that he, he would just go with Cantwell? If, if, uh, if uh, that would be interesting. I didn't know that, David, to be fair. I didn't know Kent. That's a blow for us because I think Kent um, is coming onto a bit of a game and going there. That's you know We definitely want Brian Kent fit, but I think Sakala would definitely come into... I, I can't see Cantwell starting this one. I think Sakala will come in. Um, Bill did say in his press on Friday that he hinted at Cholak and Morelos maybe leading the line for Wednesday. He, he said about Cholak starting the game Wednesday, so it'd be interesting to see if we get you know two of them in the team. Uh, I don't think he will, to be honest, but he, that might be one to watch. Um, and if Jack's fit, I'd play him in there with probably with Lundstrom at, at, at Tynecastle. I, I don't think Kamara um, from previous games like that suit him. Um, I watched Parks today and I didn't think they were. They, they were great, um, even though that pitch is a, is a disgrace. Um, you know, watching that for Scottish football and Sky Sports is, is, is terrible. So you can't judge them on that. But you know it'll be a Hearts team at home where they've been decent and they'll be right up for it. And and, and hopefully we are as well. And yeah, I, I didn't know that about Ken Davies. So I'm hoping he's fit. And, um, you know, hopefully we can go and get the, the three points. Yeah, Colin, the team for Wednesday. I mean, you know what's going to happen at Tynecastle. You're going to be, uh, they're going to come out the traps. They'll be coming at us. It's going to be frantic. So, I mean, we just need to make sure our players are lined up to uh, meet that full square. Who who would you include? I'm probably pretty much in agreement with um, David Mason. I, I don't think I'd change much, providing everybody's fit. The only change I would make would be Sakala and for Campbell. Um, and I hope the Hearts come out full of... Feel a blood and thunder because um, I think what Michael Beale has started to do is um, he, he has started to inspire a wee bit of belief uh, in, the, in the Rangers player and I think in the Rangers team, sorry, and I think the anxiety only comes when the I don't know when we're expected to break down teams uh, and it's a it's a tough game we're kind of up against the, the block. I actually think with if you look at the Celtic game where. There was a, a bit of an initial shock, but you know, because certainly we're having a go is and we had to rise to the challenge. Um, it's back to 
this core group of players have always rose to the challenge when they've been underdogs um, and know that we should be underdogs uh, um, against Hearts on th- uh, Wednesday night. But if they if they come and try and make it a battle, I think we will rise to it a lot better than we will if Hearts were to sit 10 men, 10 men behind the ball and make make us break them down. So I hope they come and have a go at us and it gives the freedom of the likes of Sakala and Kent to really go and drive forward, hitting them on the break, get our full backs forward. I think it will be a good game. Um and I just hope we stand up to it, as you say. And I think our recent results at Tynecastle are excellent and and I think that probably plays a large part of it that Hearts will have come and have a go at us and, and let some of the, you know, our more technical players, you know, exploit the, the spaces and the opportunities that that presents itself when, when they're more willing to uh, kind of drive themselves up the pitch than kind of most other teams. So on that note, listen, guys, we're going to uh, wrap it all up. So I'm just going to come back round to you and uh, get a, a score prediction for Wednesday and uh, say bye-bye to all the listeners, viewers and Rangers, the Rangers family in general. David? Well, I'm just going to say first that I hope the number nine that we're, we're supposed to be going to bring in, I hope it's not Shankland. And the other thing I was quite happy about the Hearts was that Devlin get carried off today or taken off, so hopefully he won't make it for Wednesday. Um, I think it'll be a difficult game. I saw as I, I watched a bit of the Hearts game today and I didn't think they were up to much. So I'm going to go for 3-1 Rangers. Good man. Mason, what's your... Uh, yeah, how thanks do you think? everybody for watching. <clears throat> thanks, Dave. <clears throat> yeah, Mason, thanks what's your prediction? Thanks for having us on, Dave. It's, uh, you know, it's been good there. A lot of comments tonight. appreciate it, as always. Um, I, yeah, I think we'll, we'll go and win. I think we'll go and win. I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1 win. I think it'll be a, a tough one there. As, as I say, I don't think it'll be as comfortable as it was um, back in back in October, but uh, I expect us to come out of there with a, with a three points and hopefully... Um, maybe one or two on the bench as well that we've just signed. So that's that's the hope going into Wednesday. Hey, Colin. <clears throat> no, cheers for having us on, Davy, and thank you to I uh, well to Davy Mason and all the listeners as always. Just before my prediction, shout out. We'll be we are still doing our daily uh, news pod every morning this week. I'll put the cracker on, reading the daily records headlines, so you don't need to buy the fucker. We'll do that for you, so tune in for that. And as always, fine as I like, um, wherever. And Mason's back with the Premier League show tomorrow, um, leading us through the the chat on the on the big boy leagues down south for Wednesday. Um, our disclaimer: if we get pumped. It's my fault because I've never been to Tynecastle and I've got a ticket. So um, I will happily never go again if we get beat because I'm a jinx. But I'm confident I think we'll win 3 0. Excellent. <clears throat> yeah. Well, my own my own prediction, I think it will be 2 1. We'll, we'll, we'll get the victory. I think it will be hard for it. But uh, I expect Hearts to have a wee pop at us, but I'm sure we have uh, more than enough to uh, take care of them. So let's see. Uh, so listen, guys, that's pretty much it for tonight. So thanks for uh, all the comments. And as I said at the start, listen, get likes, you know, thumbs up. We want to, you to subscribe. We want uh, the Gallant View to be the bigger than US steel. So with that in mind, and we'll be back Thursday with uh, hopefully a, an analysis of, of, of our latest win under Michael. God bless him. Uh, so with that, we, it's nothing left to say, but we are the people. Thank you.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 